Hi, Marcus Pierce here. Exceptional Life Blueprint Live, my signature two-day transformational event, is coming to Melbourne for the very first time and you are invited. Join myself and a tribe of like-minded souls at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre on June 3 and 4. You will transform every area of your life from mediocre to magnificent and create a blueprint for your life purpose and career, your health, wealth, relationships, spirit and more. Early bird two-for-one tickets are on sale now at melbourne.marcuspierce.com.au forward slash couch. That's melbourne.marcuspierce.com.au forward slash couch. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind with your hosts, Lawrence and Karen Tam. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicating helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in life, love, and legacy. We're your hosts, Lawrence and Karen Tam. We just got back from a whirlwind, well, two, two and a half weeks, <laughs> whirlwind to me, I guess it <laughs> yeah, felt like for, for me, uh, two and a half weeks in California, not on uh, the United States. Uh, it was a really exciting trip. We just got back. We're not jet lagged. Well, some of us aren't so far. <laughs> been up since what three thirty four? I'm not sure. Well, it's uh, it's what been a great gr- it? <laughs> day. Is it? Yeah, we lost the day somewhere in between, yeah. and we're back in full force. And we're back here recording because another we, episode's up. That's right. We didn't do one on the road actually because you we were wanting to. We, we yeah. wanted to, but you were really busy with um, seminars and, and workshops that you were doing back to back. That yes. the few little days that we did ended up just being actually really for family. So we weren't able to squeeze squeeze it in. And we thought, well, let's do one now. And let's kind of do a smorgasbord because let's face it, like you met some amazing people on this trip. And there's a lot of good insights and thoughts that I thought, you know, just that little tidbit could make somebody's day or could be something that they needed to hear right there. So this is really going to be your smorgasbord selection today that we're offering you. Yeah, and I think the two weeks has been incredible. I I met some amazing people, had some great insights. I haven't even actually had time to decompress to really kind of dive deep into what I've learned because oftentimes I usually come away from an event and I really like to spend the time to dissect the ideas and the insight and really think about, you know, how it applies to, to my life and my business, my relationships. But oftentimes because it was back to back, um, I just didn't get a chance to do that. So that's that one was, thing I learned yeah, a lot. Uh, a big learning curve mm. on that one as well is that you really realized, you know what, doing two things back to back, was great content, great information, but you didn't get that decompression time in between to actually think about what you heard and I think that's important. You need to have that space. I know it's, you've already carved out space to do the program, but to have that extra time around it while it's still fresh in your mind, while things are ticking away, to have that space. Yeah, I think the, you know, and Philip McKernan would, would agree with this because Philip thought, oh, we'll just go back to back events. It'll be great because then we can just get right into it and um, we can just, you know, make it so people don't have to waste too much time. It was good in theory. Well, no, logistically it was good because, you know, you, for us, especially flying from Australia, like to have two events back to back, it wasn't wasting as much money or time. Yeah. And then moving into the next event it was great in theory. But even I spoke to Philip afterwards and said, yeah, it, it 
it didn't work out as well as it hoped uh, we, we hoped for because um, before you even got to decompress, you went right into and then another, another event, event and then event. another, uh, especially with networking and meeting new people. And then we also had, in theory, I guess my brother uh, came as well and from all the way from Niagara Falls to meet us. And then I didn't even get a, really a chance to kind of decompress from that event because we went right into sort of family mode as well. So, uh, you know, that's one thing. I think oftentimes when you go away from events, so one of the tips I learned is to allow yourself some time and space to really reflect upon what you learn because there's so many insights that you get from any particular event and oftentimes we we feel good in the moment it's what i call the cupcake experience it's like you you see a cupcake it looks so good you have a cupcake it's great in the moment when you taste it and then afterwards you feel guilty for eating the cupcake so I think that sometimes you, you can have experiences like this to be a cupcake experience, or you can actually make it a lasting change. And that lasting change requires you to process the information and apply it to your life and implement it into your life. That's the critical factor that most people forget to do. Yes. So I want to talk about something because while you were busy doing your workshops, the kids and I were busy shopping. I mean, um, uh, what were we doing? (laughs) Sightseeing and shopping. And we went in a bookstore and there's this wonderful little book. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's by Kobe Yamada and K-O-B-I is the first name, Yamada. And he had two books. We came across the first book earlier in the year and it was called What Do You Do With an Idea? And it's a gorgeous little book about having ideas, perhaps your ideas might be laughed at by different people. People shut down your ideas, but it's, it's a really cool book to read for children. And I think as adults as well as to just thinking about that, it's okay to be different. It's okay that not everybody's going to get your great vision or your grand idea, but that if we keep with it and we nurture our ideas and our goals, they can become something so beautiful. And when I came across this book before this trip was on another trip, I just thought it was something really important for the kids to hear as well, because I think often we want to be the same as everybody else, or we have a cool idea. And I've heard a lot of entrepreneurs say that they won't tell people about their ideas right away because they don't want people to shut them down. They want to nurture it and protect it a little bit because they know you're going to reach some resistance with their ideas. Well, ideas are, are what makes entrepreneurs uh, successful, but oftentimes it, it takes action of those ideas. And and I think one of the things that we talk a lot about is education system and that how the education system is most likely broken um, because the, how the education system was built for is not the world that we're going moving towards. And we, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about this and I've been thinking a lot about it because obviously our kids are growing up and we start to think, and one of the speakers that we heard was suggesting that, you know, the school system is going to get to a point where whatever you learn in high school or university, it will be obsolete within a year, year and a half. That is scary. So before you even, it's probably happening now, especially in the tech industry, basically what you're learning in in university, it will be obsolete before you even graduate. So oftentimes then you start to question like, is it worth it to actually go to university, spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars to actually go into uh, in debt, especially in America to go to these Ivy league schools to create a a degree that you may not need help with. Now I'm not suggesting all that knowledge, knowledge, the the act of gaining knowledge though, I think is important, but I see what you're saying. It's not like how it used to be that if you got a degree, that's the job you would have for the next 50 years. That's right. Like if you go into a specialty, like, you know, chiropractic or doctor or, you know, accounting, you need certain skills to got to get there. You need, a degree to, to, to practice what you do, but I'm talking about certain degrees that may not be relevant. Now, 
why this is relevant to what you're saying is about the idea, right? Teaching the kids about formulating ideas and taking care of that idea or nurturing those ideas and solving problems with an idea, hmm. seeing the world differently is a skill set that needs to be developed and harnessed, I think, in kids. I think that's one of the things that's missing. And this is what a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of people that I've met, some super, super successful people. Uh, I met a billionaire uh, for the first time. And these guys are thinking way outside the box. I mean, this guy was on stage, he was talking about how um, he was telling Richard Branson and Elon Musk, they're not thinking big enough. Like, right? So this <laughs> Come is on, guy. guys, lift your game. Yeah, right basically, he told Richard <laughs> Branson- Try to do something with your life here. He, he told Richard Branson's mom to say, you, you know, your son's not thinking big enough. And then the mom actually told Richard, he goes, this guy, you should get to, you know, he's telling you nothing. It's just, I mean, obviously they were being playful, but the thing is, is that it's about hanging out with certain types of people, which lift the idea game mm-hmm. and allow you to explore the solution of problems. It made me think, I was like, man, I'm thinking way too small. But you know what I really noticed with the group, because everybody who was there was so passionate, so switched on, so driven. They were just, if they were ping pong balls, they would have been bouncing all over the place. <sighs> and we went kind of from that energy. And then we hung out with some other people and did some other things, just normal day-to-day stuff. And I really noticed a difference in the thinking level, in the energy level, in the drive. And uh, that really hit home for me that I think really as entrepreneurs or as business people, you need to surround yourself with people who are going to push you, who are going to drive you, who are going to expand your mind. And you may not agree with everything they say or how they think, but it's it's just being in that that area where you can just hear so many different ideas and thoughts that are going to expand you and push you beyond what might have been what was normal for you. Well, this is one of the reasons why we took the kids, right? We, we exposed the kids, not that they can attend the events or anything, but it's, it's really time to travel to see, one, to get outside of the northern beaches, like, I mean, you know, where we live. It's just because changing and traveling, I think, allows the children to see a different part of the world and see mm-hmm. how other people live. Now, yes, we all went to Western society and it's not that much different, but there is going to be some cultural differences that they get to learn. And moving along, they start to see different perspective and, you know, so a lot of homelessness in, in San Francisco. It's a um, lot. You know, you see, to, you know, the different changes where the super wealthy rich in Beverly Hills and then two blocks later, it's like, you know, a super poor area in Los Angeles. You know, for them to see that, I think is really good exposure. Now, the events part, they, they, not that they attended events, but they were able to meet some amazing people, you know, that, that I bumped into and I introduced them to him. We met Brian Smith, who is the founder of uh, Ugg Boots, uh, who's an Australian uh, who lives in, in, in California and, you know, had a great conversation and, you know, had, you know, meet some, met the, the person who, um, who Martin Luther King, who had the I Dream, I, I had a dream speech, gave this speech to this guy um, who's a famous uh, basketball coach in the college days and he's still working. He's in, the, in his 80s and works for Nike as the director I find, of marketing. I find that so funny though that Martin Luther King handed him the speech. Like this is the speech and he put it in a book and kind of forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> years later was flipping, years later, flipping years through later. and was like what's this piece of paper? It's the speech. Yeah, and, and he, he didn't, he didn't protect it. it. No insurance. His wife didn't even know about it for 30 well, it's years. Insured, it's insured now. It's insured now. It's, it's in a bank safe and he just donated to the African American uh, Museum. Uh, but you know, the thing is, is that these guys are are, you know, live, living histories, right? And and but 
when the kids get exposed to that and they start to meet these people, what they do is that they start to elevate their level of thinking. And I mean, that's, that's why I'm there. Yeah, I agree. But the kids, when they start to see it, that these are dad's friends or these are the people that you need to kind of hang, your, hang yourself around with because it changes the game. Now, I'll, I'll give two examples. One of my friend, Luke, um, who works for Microsoft, you know, remember Luke, him? Yes. Um, when I was a kid, he, he well, sorry, when I was younger, he was probably like 18. I was probably like 27 or something. We started an internet company uh, a long time ago about 15 years ago and he ended up working for microsoft um and when we met also lisa who's a childhood friend i guess my one of my dad's uh, best friend's daughter we hung out together um she's probably a couple years old she works for google and just talking to them about working at google working at microsoft microsoft those guys they think differently they're constantly in an environment that stimulates higher level thinking and they constantly in that work environment challenge each other the employees to think differently so can you imagine working in an environment where you're constantly stimulating by growth, by exponential growth. But I love it because it's it's been a while since we were there. Your brother went and did a tour. But I remember when we were there, they have an idea board and no idea is stupid. Yeah. You put an idea up and then other people as they're walking by look at your idea and they kind of like like brain map off of it and yeah. draw diagrams. And like from one thing, it can totally flow through to another idea. But that's how they actually came up with some of the apps that we have and the types of smartphones that we have. It's just some crazy idea that, you know what, maybe they don't have the technology right now. But it's an idea, and eventually technology did catch up, and they were able to do some of these things. That's right. Well, Google actually has something called Google X, which is basically it's like their their moonshot. They have moonshot ideas where they just think it's completely different, and no one ever thought about. Not even technology is allowed to do. Like Elon Musk right now is thinking about moving people to Mars. Right? No one thinks like that. Like only a few people would think like that, and then figure out how to do it. And these guys really push the boundaries of thoughts. But it's. Because they're surrounded. That's why San Francisco and Palo Alto is the Silicon Valley. Um, it's all the tech companies because all those people, they want to go there because those are people all talking tech. You know, Los Angeles, Hollywood, they're all the actress and actresses, actors and actresses and producers and movies. And if you want to make it big in that area, because they're all hanging and having those types of conversations. So you need to kind of be in an environment or surround yourself as much as possible with people who sort of help you stretch your ideas. Maybe it's a relationship. It doesn't have to be about business, right? Maybe it stretches your relationships. Maybe it stretches you in life. And maybe it stretches you in, in your ability to, you know, from a physicality point of view. And all of these people will help you elevate to another level that you not thought possible. That's why going to the CrossFit gym or that's why you want to, it doesn't have to be location specific. But you know what I loved about the energy that was there? It wasn't stagnant. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of people can just fall into the vanilla, the everyday, the, this is what I'm going to do for the next 30 years. Like these people were just coming up with ideas and it reminded me of a movie because on the way home, I watched the movie Hidden Figures, which is about the NASA program and um, the the women, the black American women, African-American women that worked in this program and obviously it touched on the you know racism and the separatism between the white and the blacks as well but there was one aspect of the movie that i really quite liked and it reminded me of the people that we saw and that was that they had these women that were doing the maths doing the figures doing the numbers but they actually had a machine a supercomputer machine that was going to come in and of all the people there the one um, black supervisor saw that and knew that once this computer came in, all of their jobs would be irrelevant. They wouldn't have a job. And so what she did was she had the foresight to realize that this change was coming, educated not only herself, but educated the 30-something women that worked with her as well, so that when the machine came in, they were going to say, you no longer have jobs. It turned out those women 
were the only women who could operate that machinery. They got this machine in and nobody knew how to work it, but she studied and she trained because she saw what was coming in the future. And that's where I'm going off with your group of people. Cause I know you had one conversation and we, they were talking about um, artificial intelligence mm. and cars that are going to drive themselves and how this world is actually changing really, really rapidly and quickly with every generation that's coming. And that really the resistance is going to be from people wanting to stay where we currently are because they're scared. Mm. And I thought, wow, this, that movie really hit home of just sometimes we just hold on to things. And I think that's what I want to get. Sometimes we hold on to things because we're resistant to change and it's opening ourselves up to see what future problems are, what future concerns will be. And maybe we need to start transitioning ourselves now yes. before the ship sinks. That's right. It's, it's the thinking of either being reactive or proactive. I love that movie. I love that scene, uh, especially when they start to be proactive, knowing that the future is coming, but it's not natural within us to think, oh, to think that change can happen just like that. And what the one of the speakers was talking about in previous years, it might have taken two to 300 years to have a complete change in the world. Like to what, you know, Da Vinci saw in his world where there's no electricity to the world that we live in now with electricity. That massive change took two to 300 years of evolution. But what they're saying is that some of those, the, the same drastic change that happened over 200 years will happen within possibly three to five years, which is within your lifetime, maybe not in our lifetime, but maybe in our children's lifetime, which means they're, they will grow up to a, an age, an era where how they saw the world three years later, it will be completely changed just because of exponential growth. Yeah. And we're not ready for that. I don't think the, most of the world is not ready for that change. And I know it seems, it seems scary. Even those, um, I was surrounded by 150 entrepreneurs. We went out for, we went to lunch and the people around my table, they, now I was, I was hanging out with some really top uh, players. Like, um, some of the, one guy owns like, uh, one of the, uh, uh, Toronto, uh, one of the, um, Formula One racing teams. Um, you know, James Hahn was there and these guys were thinking, they're think they're big thinkers, but yet they're thinking, wow, we don't know what to do with this information. How's that going to transform their industry? Their industry won't exist. Yeah. Their industry won't exist. And that's, that is something that we all have to prepare for. Now we can go, oh, that's science fiction, but this is the point. The point is that science fiction is coming true. Artificial intelligence, driverless cars will change massive industry, not just in the driving business and the automobile. It will change industry. We no longer need truck drivers. We no longer need, um, you know, certain world. Uh, they were even talking about how even accounting firms have eliminated tens of thousands of jobs to a supercomputer to do the same amount of work and save some millions of dollars. Well, I think this is why schools are really press. Um, when I say really pressing, they're pushing the STEM programs, which is your science, your technology, your engineering. Some call it STEAM if they throw in arts and mathematics and that children really need to be getting into programming and to learning how to work with it because artificial intelligence, the, everything is going to be having a component of that within it. Mm. Well, the scary thing I think in the future is that who's going to control it? We all saw, <laughs> we all saw Terminator. We saw the whole computers can think for themselves. Yet to a point, we don't know. Like it obviously. Well, that's where that resistance comes in, isn't yes. it? At which point do, who has more control, us or the computers? <laughs> right. And, and, and it basically is an evolution of, you know, who has more power, but it, it is really does come down to ethical, you know, ethical dilemmas, right? You know, mm. philosophical dilemmas, you know, who do we control? How much power do we give to AI? Should, should we go ahead and do this? Some people disagree. There's three camps, like, you know, and, and it's a scary thought, but at the end of the day, yeah. you need to be prepared. The, the whole point is that you need to prepare. Change is happening. 
and it's happening fast. Yeah. So it's thinking big. It's surrounding yourself with people who are going to push you and it's looking at where do you see the next big thing that's coming? Are you going to still have a job when that next thing's coming? Is it some area that you can move into or start transitioning yourself into? I have another book though. Okay. Yeah. So by the same author. So if you've liked that one, there's another book and I, and it's by him as well. And it's called, what do you do with a problem? I really like this book as well. Christian and I were reading that. So recently Christian's been getting a little bit upset about things, just not throwing temper tantrums or anything, but he just gets worried. He gets worried about things. Like if we take him away from school for a while, it's hard for him transitioning back into school again. He gets nervous or he loves going on holiday. But when we transition from one location to another, he gets sad because he's going to miss what we're currently doing. Even though something good is still coming, he just, he wants to hold on to everything. He just wants to. And what I really liked about what to do with a problem is, is it basically said is that within every problem is a gift. And so I've changed the way I've been wording things to Krishna's when he gets upset about something, I help him one, identify what the problem is. So say the problem is we don't want to leave this hotel. I'm having too much fun. It's like, I say to him, let's be treasure finders. Let's be gift finders. What is the gift in it? What's the gift in leaving this hotel? And we start then changing the way we're focusing because it might be like, wow, the gift is we're going to move to another hotel and Disney's there and you're going to meet more people and you're going to see some animals and you're going to get to do these things. But I just really like the way he talked about switching your mindset and, and to teach that to children at such a young age to help them to have that adaptability to be able to just flip a switch and go, okay, well, what can I learn from that? Because within every problem, there is a lesson, there's an opportunity, there's a way to grow. Hmm. And it's, let me, let me say, um, from, from the dealing with Christian it has been tough. Like it's really been hard. Uh, I know you, in what way? In the sense of just seeing him go through that and the struggle. It's just the emotional as because as an adult, we're on a time schedule, right? They don't, they're not on a time schedule. So we're just like, ah, oh, suck it up. Stop crying. You're going to another hotel. Boo hoo. Poor you. Yeah. But it's, it's very personal to him. Yeah. It's personal. I think we saw Kai go through that during that age group. She did, she did, yeah, she did she as did, well, actually. She, yeah. she went through the same phase uh, where she's like, oh, I'm going to miss this hotel or I'm going to miss this. Like she remembers the experience, right? It's not the hotel. It's, it's what they It's experience. the experience. It's and, us being and, together. And, exactly. And spending time together. And, you know, the, whatever experience that they created or the memory they created, they're going to miss that. And mm. and they're thinking more in the past and, and hard to, for them to think in the future. But it's really hard, hard. It was hard for me to watch him struggle through that. But I know it's necessary. And you probably copped it the most because I was actually at some of these events and we we're moving. And we, like, we went to five different hotels in two and a half weeks, right? So we're constantly moving every three days. And so it's, it's, it, it's really hard. But it is a challenge for a lot of us. And I think it is developing a mindset so that he can grow up into uh, an adult where it's about adaptability. It's about pivoting, which is one of your favorite words is being able to pivot. And I think a lot of adults are struggle with pivot. I mean, I struggle with pivot sometimes and in terms of like moving towards the next thing. And a lot of times, you know, this goes back to the first point and the first part of the podcast where we're talking about ideas. Often people are not ready to pivot. People are not ready to move or let go of the past. And we're not suggesting you're letting go of the past, but it's moving forward, constantly moving because the time is moving no matter what is that, do you want to hold on to the past and the nostalgic of the past, or are you going to continue moving forward? And it's not about, you know, negating everything you've learned in the past, but you got to keep adapting. You got to pivot and taking those ideas because the world is going to either move past you and then you can't catch up anymore. It's almost like... Well, it's going with or without you. So it's yeah. how do you want to have that journey? How do you want to have that ride? Like you talked to somebody a while ago and I think their husband, they broke up or their husband left them or whatever happened in their relationship was like 15 years ago, mm-hmm. something like that. 
and she is still carrying on that luggage. And I think there was something that I don't want to be too specific in case they're listening and we don't have their permission to talk about, but there was an item that she has been holding onto for all this time. And you brought up that question as to why do you still have it? Mm. And actually just physically holding on to this something yeah. was stopping her from moving forward yeah. and just to have that release of letting it go or completing whatever it was. Yeah. So that, that item is not the item. No, it's the item represents the feeling that you have, which is most likely, uh, I think it's, it would have been, you know, hatred or anger. And it's not the willingness or well, not willing to let go. But the thing is, you think that holding on to that anger is going to help you in some way because it's, it's punishing a, him. Right. Yeah. But really at the end of the day, He's probably moved on. <laughs> like he's yeah. not thinking about it. He's gone and gone. Fifteen years later, he would have moved forward. But you're the one who's ho- uh, holding on. And it goes back to the story: is that it's the story of a snake biting you. The snake bite never kills anyone. It's the poison that runs in your body. Oh, that, I like that. You know, and it's and and that's that's the thing. It's not the snake bite. It's the poison that you let. And the poison is holding on to anger, resentment, the thing that someone has done to you. Right, or you think that done to you, the person might have not have no clue that they have done it to you. The thing is that you're holding on to that emotion, and by holding on to that resentment for someone done 15 years ago, or whatever, and it could be anybody, it could be our father, our parents, you know, our, our brothers, but sisters, anchors, and they manifest themselves health wise. Exactly, and then you you see them in a totally different light. But without you resolving some of those problems, without actually you talking it through and and letting that go and holding on to it. Um, holding on to the past actually stops us from being the best version of ourselves. And those are 10 wasted years or 15 wasted years that could have certain potential because opportunities constantly coming up, right? Mm. People, so some people say, oh, you have, you know, they have all the luck meeting the right person. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't yeah, we all have those opportunities and luck. It's just presented to you all the time. It's just whether or not you are mm. ready to grab that opportunity. Are you ready to seize the opportunity at that moment in time? And maybe it's a one-off, but there's going to be multiple. There'll be another chance. It's like buying a property. Like, wait, wait, I want to go back to that. Cause you were saying that I remember in, there was two different mindsets on this, my dad's mindset and your dad's mindset, because I think this is kind of important. I know when I used to be offered opportunities, I always used to think, well, I, th- I think about all the possibilities. I'd be like, well, maybe, but I'm not sure. I don't know if that's a direction I want to go in. Perhaps I'm not. And I wouldn't move forward with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I remember you used to get all these opportunities and they'd say, hey, do you want to come check it out? Do you want to see this? And you used to, your only answer was yes. It used to drive me crazy because I was like, well, why do you want to go into that industry? Or we don't know if we want to do that or we might not want to move. And, and you used to say to me, but if I say no, that door shut right away. Mm-hmm. So why not say yes? Why not go on a little bit of a drive, feel it out a little bit more, make a connection. You know what? And if it's not for me, I can say no down the road. But by you saying no right away, you don't know what that door opening could have opened another door, could have opened something else, which would have led you in the right direction. And I thought that's so true because often I was trying to see 10 steps ahead. Whereas like your dad taught you is always to say, you know what? Say yes, Mm. just say yes. And see what it is and what that opportunity is. You can always say no later. Yeah. The flip side of that though, is that I don't say no enough. <laughs> so, well, yeah. but it's, it's, so it, but it's, it's, so what I'm, what I'm saying, there's obviously times you would say no, cause if it's completely different and not something you wanted to do, but you were more like, you were more yeah. open to opportunities mm-hmm. and to exploring relationships and possibilities yep. versus me narrowing it down so much. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying the reason I'm I'm mentioning that is because I think it's important to know both sides. It's that Mm -hmm. if you're constantly saying no, maybe consider 
saying yes to a few more things, right? And see, like, see what happens. Like, what's the worst case? Uh, you know, what's the worst? You know, do something small. Make us like say yes to small decisions rather than big decisions, right? But if you are no, uh, sorry, if you're constantly saying yes, maybe you should consider goes. What if you said no to a few opportunities and see what that how that happens? So it's a fine balance because some people say learn to say no, when some people say learn to say yes. But I think that there's validity in both of those statements. But I think it's finding about figuring out how you function best. Don't you agree? Yeah, no, I do agree. But I'm just thinking it. Yeah. Um, it's not so much I'm thinking going from the aspect of people are saying, hey, can you do this for me? And you say yes all the mm. time. It was more just being open to opportunities right. because, like, okay. say, so. for example, interior design, interior decorating. Before we moved to Australia, I was offered um, an opportunity to go and interview with a company that would do interior design. And right away from the bat, I was saying to you, I don't know if I should go. We're probably going to move to Australia. They probably won't pay me enough. I had all these reasons not to go for an interview in, in an area that I actually liked. And you said to me, Karen, it's 30 minutes of your time. Go for the interview. See what you think about them. See what the opportunity is. You can always say no. That's kind of where I'm going right. from because okay. I think business opportunities come along. And a lot of the time we just think, oh, yeah, I can't, you know, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't, okay. don't even remember those type of conversations. But yeah, yes. it is a mindset. But that is a mindset. And this is what we're going back to, say, yeah. Christian and Kaya. It is a mindset that it needs to be developed. You know, we're talking about kids. But as adults, it doesn't mean that you stop being a kid and learn those mindsets. No, I think it's, I think it's harder for us as adults because we've grown up in a different age Mm. and the world has changed that we're in right now. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, you're the types of people that are wanting to learn, that are wanting to expand your mind and to grow. And you realize that. And I guess as a mom, I'm just thinking so much about if I can make the world a little bit easier for my children is to really give them that strength that when problems confront them when opportunities arise, that they have a quick and nimble mind mm. that's able to navigate that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really a challenge. Uh, it's a really big challenge for a lot of adults to do because we are stuck in a, in a specific mindset. Uh, and that mindset is usually given by our parents or society or teachers. And we're kind of trained and indoctrinated into this world. And this is why going back to the first point about exploring different opportunities by hanging out with different types of people mm-hmm. will st- a, be, create awareness for you. There needs to be a, some sort of change. And once you start to see that awareness, you start to take a little bit more opportunity. You start to recognize that you need to find new new peers or relationships or friends that stretches you rather than stagnate you. Um, because if you're still hanging around the same friends that you've always had since high school or elementary school, um, you know, I'm not suggesting that they're, they're bad, but at the same time, like it may stagnate you from, the are you, are you elevating yourself? Let's yeah. just having a look at that. It's you a, know, asking the question. It, talk about asking the question before we finish off. Some of what we're saying is sinking through Lawrence to the kids. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Cause me. well, I was shopping and <laughs> you always roll your eyes when you say that. Um, and there was somebody selling something and I came away from it and I was just saying to the kids, well, it's a lot of money. I wonder if they dropped the price. I don't. And I looked online and saw it cheaper and I said, you know, I'll just, I won't bother. And Kaya said to me, she goes, mom, you never know unless you ask. Hmm. And I thought, Oh, that's, I've said that to her so many times, but how awesome is that, that it's kicking in that she's saying it back to me going, you know what? You've got nothing to lose. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear her yeah. say that. So yeah, I mean, and it's that's probably because we were trying to keep the shopping on the down low from you. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, it's so important though. Like those little mindset stuff, you never know what your kids are picking up. I notice that Kaya listens to us like very intently in the background. She's kind of sneaking, listen to our conversations yeah, sneaky, and, sneaky. and we know that. And so we play on that a little bit. We just have those conversations and, and you know, what I really commend you is that you, you know, throughout the holiday, you actually explain 
certain stories like in detail um, and not to think that they're, they wouldn't get it. Um, even though Christian might not get it, but you actually explained. So for example, we saw the movie founder uh, about the McDonald's founder, Ray Kroc, and you went through the whole explanation and created, you know, going through that whole entire story, which I would say 50% were probably gone over her head. But you, <laughs> but the thing is that you still went to the details to actually create that experience for her because at some level she'll get it, you know, as long as she gets the gist of it. I know Christian would have probably 75% would have gone over that, but he was still listening intently, which you is know amazing. What? Sometimes I think that, but it percolates in their brain and like yes. a month later or a couple of weeks later, they'll be like, you know, that movie. And they've then got a question about it or a thought about it. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times we assume that they're just little children and they don't understand. Right. And so we don't do that. And so, yeah, well, thank you. Because I always make a point of really trying to explain it. I don't know how much is going to sink in, but it's planting the seeds. Yeah. And for them to be curious about mm. it in the future. And that's what I love about it. So I hope you guys enjoyed this, this episode. It's about talking about just from everything from masterminding to elevating your game to ideas and what to do with it and also being ready for the future. All these things is really to challenge you your thinking and your ability to create a better future for yourself and for your family. This has been Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in pursuit of being world-class in anything you do. Go on Facebook.com slash Inside Champion's Mind. Like us there, comment there. There'll be a couple of few things that are going to be uh, exciting to be coming up in the in the next couple of months. Karen doesn't even know yet. No, I'm, uh, just, the I'm well- just, you're speaking so fast. I'm trying to hear you. I just noticed you just kind of threw that in. Threw that in there. Uh, Wellnesscouch.com, obviously, check, that, check us out there. But most importantly, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave a comment there. Uh, that'd be greatly appreciated. So until next time, I'm Lawrence. And I'm Karen. See you in the next episode. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.